The reading for today is from 2 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter. We've been reading it. This is the fourth time this summer that we've had a 2 Corinthians text, and there is no other time any of the other three years that they have 2 Corinthians, but this is the last one, and it's uh, one chapter away from the very ending of the whole book. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told. No mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For wherever I am weak, I am strong. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the letters of Paul are the earliest writings we have. They date just a few years after Jesus was here on earth in ministry in the flesh. That's about 20, 30 years. Uh, we can see how far the good news has spread across the Mediterranean region. We get a peek at the emerging communities that have started to grow with Jesus as their center. And we get to meet Paul as he articulates a new theology of those proclaiming Jesus is Lord. He is also building and sustaining his relationships with those communities, as well as troubling some group dynamics with those communities. And so I found that uh, reading Paul's letters are like listening to one half of a phone call. They are responses from Paul to communities who have contacted him through a letter or a messenger about something going on in a particular church. We can only guess what's happening by listening to his side of the call. Some situations seem stickier than others, and Paul reacts honestly, sometimes correcting people and sometimes praising them. But in all cases, Paul shows how much he loves them as brothers and sisters in Christ. So what I'm saying here is, I really do respect Paul and his letters as an extremely important uh, message in Christianity. But I'm sorry, these text, this text needs to have Paul answer, what are you talking about? Third heaven, mystical secrets that can't be spoken on earth, and what's with the boasting, or not boasting, or bo no, whatever. My first take on this passage is that Paul is proud to be the humblest man on earth. 
In the past weeks, Pastor Roger has touched on some of the context of this letter. Um, at this point, Paul's relationship has soured with the Corinthians. One author described this by saying, the relationship suffered some recent changes, none of them beneficial. By this point, the Corinthians have told Paul that they no longer need his services. They have found some superior leaders. God, Paul calls them the super apostles with better credentials than him befitting the fine Corinthian church. Oh, and by the way, the richest members have paid those leaders to stick around and lead so Paul can take his inadequacy elsewhere. Those first several verses are naming him naming but disclaiming his qualifications. At first he uses the third person about himself in talking about his exceptional visions and revelations. Then he spends a little time boasting by not boasting. Then we learn that he has acquired a thorn in the flesh. No one knows what he's talking about here. They've never figured that out. But that thorn serves to keep him grounded in his humility. And we learn that he asked God that the thorn would leave. And instead, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Power is made perfect in weakness. Now we're getting somewhere. Sometimes that word of grace takes my breath away. It changes everything in life. Imagine totally screwing up a relationship or having your income vanish when the world suddenly shuts down for a pandemic or a pandemic kills more than half a million people in your country in just a year. Or when life begins to feel utterly without purpose or meaning. My grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes grace doesn't feel like grace is sufficient. Enough just doesn't seem like enough. The first instinct is to try to take control of the situation. Then, of course, things start crumbling. After a while, everything falls apart, and it's hard to feel any grace. It's easy to miss the message of grace when life is still a burden, issues are still complex, and the world is still so broken. In those overwhelming moments, God sits with us to listen, stands with us in the struggle, loves us unconditionally. Grace will have the last word and it is sufficient. So then power is made perfect in weakness. All through this text, the only credential that Paul will own is proclaiming Christ crucified. The crucifixion made it clear that God was not going to use a big show of power to redeem the world. Instead, the power was suffering. The power was love. The only pride Paul has is in his suffering. Weakness and suffering are the way of Jesus. Jesus cares for those who are weak or suffering. Jesus suffered on the cross. So Paul suffers weakness, insults, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ for the sake of proclaiming Christ. Christ's weakness overcomes the power of sin and death. 
Now, one thing I want to say is, for too many years, this vision of Paul's has been twisted to tell people and communities that Paul's words support their ongoing oppression, suffering, and discrimination. See, that's what it's supposed to do. See, that's what Paul said. Let us be clear that there is nothing of God's love or grace in keeping people oppressed, suffering, or discriminated against. So power is made perfect in weakness. What does that mean for us? We've got a lot going on for us here at Gloria Day. What does it look like to be weak for the sake of God's love? On this Independence Day, we could humbly acknowledge the injustice, discrimination, equality, and violence in our nation's not yet perfect union. Look for the places where life is a burden. Issues are complex and the world is still so broken. When you get there, sit to listen, stand with those in struggle, and love as God loves unconditionally. Grace has the last word. Grace shown in the Christ, cross of Christ has the last word, and it is sufficient. Amen.